0: Welcome to Off The Bench with Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, your advantage.
1: Welcome to Off The Bench. What are we, Sats? This time in five weeks' time, we'll have roll back. At this stage, or we will. will. We? Yeah. Or will we? What's going on? Well, look, we'll get to it in just a sec, mate. So you've got five weekends, hopefully, to get everything under control in the house. How are you going? I'm going okay. I'm not going. Out. I'm, I live on
2: a couple of acres, so I've got all this spare land that I can actually just go and chill out, which is not too bad. I've actually I'm actually doing a lot of outside work that I've let go. Yeah. Uh, leading into the footy season, and I'm sort of had this time now to to uh, to get on top of it. But Who's
1: taking care of the mansion inside? What do you got? Twelve bedrooms. I've got a butler, so the butler looks after the cleaning <laughs> and no, but um, no, he's, he's serious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but
2: it's just still interesting that sitting back. Listening to all these major stakeholders, all the leaders of these big governing bodies—Channel Nine, Fox Sports, the NRL, uh, Queensland Government, whoever it may be—all trying to flex their muscle about getting the competition started by by May twenty-eighth. I'm done. I'm I'm I'm, 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 I'm a little bit like you. I'm sick of hearing s- the date May twenty-eighth.
1: I'm looking at our rundown today, and I just don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Seriously, I just I'm over all the drama. I think people
2: are bored about bored oh. with the same. Again, the same rhetoric that's being thrown out there day after day. You'd rather everyone just say, you know what, everyone just bunker down and I want you to come out when you're all shaking hands and singing
1: kumbaya around the fire. Should we do the show today? Should we just go bugger it? Let's just go. Oh, let's just lie. We can't even go. We'll just bring
2: stuff up. We'll just make it up.
1: Let's be like every other journalist. Yeah. (laughs) We can't even go to the pub. It's that that bad. All right, let's get a sports update. Here comes all the doom
0: and gloom. Time on off the bench to look back on the news of the week.
1: I know uh, this is not an NRL story, but what about uh, old mate Castle? She's gone.
2: Yeah, big news overnight, was it? I suppose it was expected. Canterbury Curse. Yeah, it is too. Yeah, I'd never thought about
1: that. It's the Canterbury Curse.
2: Yeah, but. yeah, Railing Castle resigning um, about eight o'clock last night, uh, effective immediately. Hip hip hooray! Uh, in the same week as uh, as Todd Greenberg, and it's fair to say that both would have had real honest conversations with their board of directors, where whereby it, they would have been out of respect allowed to be able to step aside of their own volition, and um, that's what would happen with Railing Castle. You got no doubt, and um, I think the the writing was on the wall. Before the 11 former Wallaby captains wrote a letter that really didn't offer any solutions other than just put more pressure on on the executive committee. But uh, it has been flailing for a long time, Australian rugby.
1: But it better not stop at Raylene Castle. She is not never does. the only person who never has, does. has, I'm not going to use the word, destroyed rugby because that's a bit that's a bit harsh. But um, under the current leadership, rugby in Australia, fair to say, has gone backwards. Oh, Absolutely. For a
2: number of years, it's gone backwards. I and, mean, and
1: this and this is a management committee that gave itself a pass mark of seventy two percent. after he, it lost nine million, million of course dollars you're going to give year. yourself a pass mark oh, when your job's on, on the line. You you've got to get an
2: independent, in, an independent
1: um, review done. But, they, they, but, but 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 Sats they lost nine million dollars in yep. one year. Right? They've got no major television rights. They've got no television rights. They can't even get Optus across the line. Right? Mm. Um, they walked away from Fox. Fair enough. They were offering, what, $37 million less, but it's still $20 million on the table. And more content, yeah. And you don't walk away from it until you've got Plan B, right? So yeah. they poorly negotiated that deal. Australian rugby is sitting seventh. World rugby. Seventh mm. in the world. We've got we've got a domestic competition apart from uh, Canberra, ACT, uh, the Brumbies, which is an absolute dog's breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not the only one. She's part of it. I hope there's more axings and more resignations coming out of rugby. Do you
2: know what? I feel as though when she knocked back Fox Sports' first offer of twenty million dollars, as you said, just under forty million dollars less, but they wanted more content for that twenty odd million dollars. I understand as a as her as the leader of the Rugby Australia that you would have knocked that bat first. You would have. It's like any contract negotiations. No, I'm not going to accept that. Let's go back. Let's do our numbers. Let's come back to the table. Fox Sports—they called the bluff. They said, "Okay, we're out." So what? She should be calling the bluff, though.
1: She should be the well, one. Well, she
2: did call the bluff by saying we're no, not going to accept
1: it. B- but but she should know I've got this over here. Mm. So but she had no plan B. No, because she thought that she
2: always thought that Fox Sports needed rugby. Okay. On their screens and for, what for a content.
1: stupid idea to have. If you're the if you're the CEO of a major code like that in a major organisation, if that's what you think might be the case, you have both got to have. It's, plan little, B's, it's a
2: little bit like NRL players. You've you've got to bluff to think you have got another offer. If that's I'm right. can, if I'm if you're a club and you offer me a contract and you're the only one offering me a contract, I'm always going to knock back your first offer. It's just part and parcel how mm. commercial. Life yep. operates, so yep. I can see why she did it. But unfortunately for Raylene Castle, it means the end of her tenure. Now, in saying that, there are going to be a lot of candidates thrown up, and there's David Gallup's been thrown up. Uh, Phil Kearns is the one that will come out of left field. I feel there are as a lot
1: of great rugby my uh, business minds in rugby. Former players, there are, there
2: yeah. are, and um, you know a really good article on the dot com dot au has exposed a few of those. 11 wallabies that signed the letter and some of their chequered pasts in relation to their their um, success in business, whatever that may be. But Phil Kearns works for Fox Sports. He's an analyst of Fox Sports. He's a host of Fox Sports. By getting him as a possible interim CEO, I think it brings Fox Sports back to the table for some sort of negotiation. And mm. I think that's the play that Rugby
1: Australia have to play. I'll throw a couple of names at you. Um, John Eels. <laughs> yeah, Highly respected. Highly respected in business as well.
2: Very good uh, very good corporate contacts as well.
1: Jo- George Gregan.
2: Yep. Been very successful in business.
1: No, these are two, and they know the game. They know what it's like to be a player. They know what it's like to run a business, whether they'd be interested in you know, doing something like this. But, geez, you... Why don't we have these people involved in the game anyway? Well, they, on board, they have been
2: been involved in boards. Some of those guys, some of those eleven Wallabies that signed that that letter throughout the week, that crucial letter to Rugby Australia, they have served on on boards, whether it's Brumbies, Reds, whatever it may be. But Rugby Australia, yeah. Well, sometimes they're not. They're seen as a threat. You see a lot of rugby league boards that don't have that have people on their boards that don't
1: know anything about rugby league. That's and okay, but you need a balance, right?
2: You do need at least one person on there that yeah. can, yeah, can bring that common sense to any um, any discussions.
1: <laughs> because if you just had all players on a board, no, you can't. There'd be no control over and budgets had, or anything like
2: that. As you and I and, and Gary Bolcher have discussed throughout the week, I don't think being an ex-player is the be-all and end-all because ex-players at the highest level get really emotional about things. Sometimes they can't handle the media. Sometimes they're, they're not willing to work with the media as well, and that's, that can harm your brand, your body. So um, you don't have to be an ex-player, but it makes a little bit of sense if you do have an understanding of yep. the environment.
1: Rightio, uh, Peter Velandis has reinforced uh, the game's desire to start on May 28th and labelled today Friday D-Day for the competition structure as he plans to meet with Foxtel and Channel 9 bosses. He wants an answer. Uh, he was on the Today Show this morning uh, talking with Carl uh, Stefanovic and this is what he had to say.
3: 28th of May is our target date, always has been. This is like a boxing match. You, know, you take a few blows to the head, a few body blows, but you save your best punches to the end, and I think that uh, you will find that on the 28th of May, we will we'll start, and it won't be a problem. We've always said we have to set a target date. Yeah. Look at the data and, that's, you know, and the facts. Don't look at emotion and, and scaremongering and uh, emotional rhetoric. You've got to look at the facts. And the facts are, for the last 12 days here in New South Wales, the infection rate has been less than 1%. Uh, and I think it's been 1%, and this will be the 14th day, 1% or Mm. less. When we suspended play on the last round, the infection rate was 25.5%. It's disappointing that people use uh, scaremongering rhetoric when it's not necessary. Look at the facts. I challenge them to tell us where it's not safe. got two different broadcasters. One has a different view to the other. Um, Today is D-Day for me. A decision will be made as to the length of the season um, between the two broadcasters. We will meet our contractual obligations to the broadcasters, but a decision has to be made. I think the procrastination's uh, been taking long enough and decisions will be made today.
1: Yeah, look, you know what, out of all that, and I thought that was really well said, that's, ev- that's edited as well, by the way, but I- I've got to say, he's right, it was 25.5% when the mm-hmm. game was put on hold, it's now less than 1%. They and, and What I'm getting sick of from all areas of media, um, and those people trying to stop the game from coming out, oh, but what about the players' safety, what about all this, they've done all that work, he has done all that work, just... Sort out the television stuff. That was the priority before they sat down with TV. Otherwise, you can't get to the next level. Exactly. Right? And he's managed to appease the New South Wales state government. The state government aren't going to let him go ahead unless he's got all of these processes and protocols in place. The NRL has done that. The thing now is television rights. 17 versus 20 games. 9 wants Do 9 want to be in it? We don't know. But 17 versus 20. If the TV rights holders cannot work that out today, then he has to make a call. Which he will. And he will go ahead and he will start on May 28. Sats, what do you reckon Peter Valandis wants? 17 or 20?
2: I think he wants 20. Okay.
1: I think, well,
2: from, a, from an NRL body point of view and from a revenue point of view, he wants as many games as possible. Which yeah. is
1: as, as many a million, millions of dollars in, in the NRL's coffers. Every
2: week. Every week means millions of dollars yep. to it's, the to the NRL, and and they need it. They need to cover lost ground. They need to fill in the hole. Six
1: million per week. week. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. And uh, that's 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 on an average as well. Hmm. That's not including some blockbusters and yeah. origin in the amount. Yeah, the amount of commercial uh, interest that that will gather as well. So um, it, it'll go ahead, if, even if it's even if they have to wait a week. The only reason they'll have to wait a week is it'll all be. Purely based around the Warriors. After That's hear- all it
1: is. After hearing that today, yeah, you're right. Mm. After hearing that today, though, I reckon he's all right, comfortable with the Warriors. Because I thought about yep. that. I
2: like how I can I like his conviction.
1: Yep. He gives about you time. He gives you confidence. Yeah.
2: Um. And, the, and also an interesting line I heard from from that on the Today Show this morning from Peter Valandis was, "We will meet our contract obligations." Now the obligation says that they've got to pay. Yeah, 24 rounds plus finals and three origins as well. So they're going to get as close as humanly possible to a natural NRL round, I think. So does he want
1: 22 rounds? I
2: think think in a perfect world he would like that. He'd play up to Christmas Eve if he could.
1: Well, this leads us to our next point. Um, I have it on good authority that there'll be no T20 this year.
2: And this is why it plays a big hand in favour of the NRL. And now... Gives the NRL a, a lot more. We We spoke about this a few weeks ago, uh, Jason. There's a few people that don't probably agree with us. I've always thought the NRL have had the upper hand because they've got the content. Uh, they've got oh, the I players. Agree. I agree totally. Yep. And so Channel 9 know that. And Channel 9 need content. They need to. For, they thought they didn't want to have a comp at first. Fox Sports need the content as well. But now that the T20's gone, even more so, Channel 9 need the NRL to come up with some sort of. Strategy around how many games are going to be played because they need the content through October, November.
1: There hasn't been an official announcement that the T Twenty has been. It, it can't go ahead. But uh, I was told yesterday there is Buckley's chance. You got Crash Craddock, go the
2: Australia's most well-renowned cricket journalist, that is saying it's a two out of ten opportunity, 20% chance, chance that yeah. it'll go ahead.
1: So, so you believe Crash Craddock more than me?
2: I believe both of you. I think when you tell me, I sort of believe <laughs> you it. You check
1: other sources. When he tells me, it's
2: just the nail in yeah. the coffin. You yeah, know, no offense, <laughs> um, but
1: there there are two sticking points in the whole T twenty thing, and this, this is where it'll tie into the NRL and even the AFL. The two sticking points is is the coronavirus is not under control worldwide. Australia is doing a great job, and mm-hmm. and but we, we we we've got to stay. Focused on this, we can't just relax. We've got to stay. Well, we focused. can't read because we're
2: coming into winter. We can't too, read by the way. 0.4 of a percent chance of being infected and go, well, that's beautiful. Let's go and start. No, no, but, our lives. But we're also we can't come, do that.
1: But we're also coming into a season. The rest of the world's coming out of, and that is called winter, where you don't want the flu and also coronavirus. Uh, you know, meeting together. So the two sticking points are the health of uh, international players uh, won't be allowed in the country. All right. No. Secondly. There's a, a team and a country that I'm hearing that will not play in front of empty stadiums, not naming names, but they are a subcontinent team. Does
2: it rhyme with India?
1: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, kind of, but anyway. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so they're the two reasons. I believe if everything is going according to plan, there's a backup date of, well, not an official date, but a period of new year. So before football and all that comes back, which gives the which gives Channel 9 a bit more wriggle room now with television space and also gives uh, NRL and AFL some room with stadiums as well. So, so that, what do they
2: need? I think they need about four or five weeks for the T20. Yeah.
1: Interesting, though, it also means Origin can still go ahead in October and November, and I have no doubt that's going to happen, Sats. I have no doubt because of what I've heard before. But... I have no doubt that's going to happen. They could still have Origin before the finals or after the finals. Do you know, know
2: what? I think whenever you play Origin, everyone turns up to play. The only – well, the pros for Origin is you could play it at midnight in a car park somewhere and everyone hmm. would watch it. doesn't matter. Yeah. The con is that if you're a team that has played in the grand final, being able to get back up after this, the disappointment of losing a grand final and then – getting up for the grand final, winning the grand final, celebrating the grand final, coming back down, and then getting back up again for origin, which many will say, oh, that's easy, it's origin. But emotionally, it's really takes a lot out of but, you. And then you've got players that haven't made the finals that have to continue trying to stay match fit. Yeah,
1: yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, refer to point one that it's origin. Yep. People will get up for it. Yeah, and you'd like to think so. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, on the subject of origin, how about uh, three origins at Leichhardt Oval? Well... I think if it goes ahead in October, or let's say it goes ahead in September,
2: and in the, and the finals are at the end of October, maybe early November. So you're playing still while there's regular season games being played. Origin, we're thinking the reason why they want to make it as as late as possible. Well, we know the reason why they want to make it as late as possible is so because we're feeling that in six months' time, that we're going to have be able to have people at the game.
1: I, I, again, I I can't see that happening, but.
2: That's the reason why they have. So yeah, but I still the, can't see it happening. Yeah, okay, but they've left that window open Yeah, for the possibility. If they don't, it doesn't matter where they play it. Well, they're not going to play it in Queensland. Well, we said
1: this the other day off air. Why are they going to... F- Why are the codes, and it must be contractual reasons, but then again, there's no fans there, so the the suppliers aren't making any money. Why are they still playing them at these big arenas? It just looks ridiculous. Well, they they won't need to. Why don't they go and play at Leichhardt or, you know, some suburban grounds? Why don't they go and play at Belmore?
2: Well, Leichhardt Oval used to host the former
1: interstate Rivalries between yeah. Queensland and New South Wales before it was Origin in 80s. So, but go and play, play games at Campbelltown, play them at Belmore. Like, then it doesn't look so ridiculous. You don't have these empty stadiums and that big echo noise. Like In the AFL, it looks stupid. Well, it doesn't
2: matter where you're going to play, there's going to be an echo noise. But the, 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 the broadcasters have got to come up with some other alternative around uh, the, the, the images that you can place into a into a screen that makes it look like there are people in, in the stands. And they've got the ability to do it. Um, obviously, it's a cost issue. But but outside of that, if there's going to be no fans, there's no use playing it at ANZ Stadium. It's just ridiculous.
1: I think the Broncos did a good job of that in the first two rounds. They did a deal with 4X. And they had the, like a fan there with 4X. Very good use by the marketing department there. Uh, finally, very quickly, mate. Uh, grassroots footy possibly coming back in July. I, I cannot see this happening.
2: Well, June 28th. 29 is the last day that uh new south Wales restriction restrictions for any sporting events yeah. outside of anything that's been classes and essential like the nrl so they'll reassess it during june the new south Wales rugby league and if it's still uh the same uh protocols around that they'll kick off in the first week of july that's under sixes all the way up to the ron massey cup which is like your third division yeah. under yeah. the nrl and yeah i Find it difficult. I find it difficult to understand. I get it why people want to go back and play. I get that, and I love it that everyone's going to get out and play. We're thinking the the laws may be a little bit more relaxed by June. Uh, I'm tend to think that probably won't be. I, I
1: think it's going to get tighter because of winter.
2: Absolutely. So, yeah, I can't see it happening. I, I like the I like that the New South Wales Rugby League again have given a window to say this is what we're working towards. We'll reassess it as we come, but. All those people coming into contact who are then coming in contact with other people within the public throughout their daily lives, their work, construction, childcare, schools, Mm. whatever it may be, it's got the recipe for disaster.
1: All right, Scotty Sattler, we're off the bench to come after this, including our hot topic for the day.
0: You're listening to Off The Bench. For the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings Steering, Your advantage. We're back. This is Off The Bench for the best cat equipment, parts and service. Hastings Steering, your advantage.
1: Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. You've got Scotty Sattler and Jason Matthews with you today. It's time for this. Hot Topic time on Off The Bench. Get connected with Southern Phone. Amazing new mobile SIM deals are available
2: now from Southern Phone.
1: Yeah, thanks to Southern Phone, it is time for our Hot Topping. Great to have Southern Phone on board. All righty, Sats, what is it? Well,
2: it's about how many rounds are we going to see in the 2020 competition. Now, Channel 9, Fox Sports, the NRL, they all have different uh, different thoughts and processes around how the season may look. Now, Peter Valendiz has told Channel 9, he wants the NRL season length sorted by Friday.
1: Do you think he really cares whether it's seventeen or twenty? He just wants it on, right? No, no, no.
2: He he wants he wants as many as as many games as possible. I, I think there's two trains of thought with Peter Valandis. One is, which is a thought that I've always believed from day one. I, I feel as though you need to get in and get out as quick as possible with this pandemic. We don't know where this is going to go. We don't know whether it's going to spike like other countries. The second wave. Yeah. We don't know whether people are going to get relaxed and start start to breach those those protocols. So if you get in and get out really quickly. I think Peter Volandis thinks, well, we've played two rounds. Let's just play 13 more rounds. Play Everyone plays each other once. Play finals and origin. Let's get out. Let's start for 2021 clean. The other train of thought is, and this is the commercial part of him, that says, we need as many rounds as humanly possible. Keep the players safe. Get it on TV. And that would be 20 to 22 rounds. Let's just try and play a full season. Play Origins and Finals. Let's work through October, November. Because mm. Channel 9 have now told us that they need content because they're anticipating the T20 is not going to be played. If it comes out over the weekend, Friday or over the weekend, that that it is 20 games, we know that the T20 is not going to go ahead mm. because Channel 9 would know mm. now whether it is definitely going to go ahead and they need to, to make uh, make plans for that. So I think outside of the easiest solution – which is play everyone once and play 15 rounds and finals and origin. I think the other best scenario would be a conference system, which isn't two conferences. I think it's you break them up into four conferences. You play your conference twice. That means it's six games.
1: But everyone still plays in New South Wales?
2: Every I think you've got to put everyone in New South Wales. I think yep. you've got to take okay. Queensland out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you take them out of the equation. Don't even worry about these the border of security. Put the, everyone in New South Wales for a minimum of six weeks and then readdress. Yeah. Whether anything if that relaxes, loosened. that's a yeah. good idea, yeah. So let's, let's go four conferences. Let's go, you're in your conference. You play everyone in your conference twice. That's six games, the other three teams. Play the other 12 teams on the other conferences once. That's 18 rounds. If you've played, the team that you've played in round one or round two, they've got to be in your conference because you're going to play them twice throughout the year. I think that's the easiest way. 18 rounds, get in with finals, get in with origin, get everyone out Get an off season over December and January. You start back training February. Kick off the season mid mid March, and uh, we get everything back on order.
1: All right. Channel 9's reasoning for wanting seventeen rounds. Uh, do they want to buy before the finals?
2: They, they'll probably want to buy, or they, I wouldn't see that they want to buy because they want they need product on the. Doesn't make sense though. doesn't No, it? they need product on. I think maybe they're trying to hedge their bets. They're trying to hedge is is T20 going to happen?
1: Yeah, but they've got four channels now, too, mate. And that old thing that oh, it's on the main channel, I, don't think, I think they're all main channels. And, and remember the Ashes uh, last year? Channel 9 had it on Gem. It was outrating the main channel. Well, do you know what? I don't get Gem. Don't you? There's a lot of households that don't get gems. So
2: we keep thinking about we can throw them on this other channel. There's a lot of households that don't get it. You live in the bush, mate.
1: No. (laughs) You don't even get internet, mate. What are you talking (laughs) about? In fact, it's 1928 where you (laughs) live. All righty. That's interesting. That's uh, our Hot Topic. Amazing new mobile SIM deals from Southern Phone. This is Off The Bench.
0: You're listening to Off The Bench. For the best cat equipment, parts, and service, Hastings steering. Your advantage. We're back. This is Off The Bench for the best cat equipment, parts and service, Hastings steering, your advantage.
1: Welcome back to Off The Bench. You've got Jason Matthews and the legend himself, Scotty Sattler. Time to get into this.
0: Who gets a mention in our Off The Bench Performance of the Week? All right, so who have you got as your performance of the week. Well,
2: I've got a couple. Uh, Real quick one, the second one. But the first one is uh, my main performance of the week is uh, Project Apollo NRL member Troy Grant. Now, he's a committee member, and he claims the Queensland government told the NRL not to send it a detailed plan. I say not send it for the competition's resumption. They weren't interested. Big claim. And he's actually been quoted as saying, I know what the truth is because I rang and spoke to the Queensland government representative who was on their response committee, and I asked mm-hmm. the question. And so he's a little bit confused, he told Wildwater Sports Radio. That person went and asked the Premier and others, and during a Project Apollo meeting, I got the phone call that said, do not send us anything. So we honoured that. We understood they had a lot on their plate. So Palaszczuk is coming it's out saying, "Huge climb. send us a letter and we'll discuss it. And Do you now, think it
1: got to her? Because she, well, she may not know, mate. She may not get to her. Well, the
2: pigeon that was flying the mail, obviously the <laughs> the wings got a little bit tired and hasn't got there mate, yet. I've
1: got to tell you, the people <laughs> trying to get anything out of Palaszczuk, uh, people, I've been trying for two weeks now just to get a comment from her about rugby league. It's impossible, yeah. mate. Very and I, I reckon half the time they don't even put it to her. I don't know if she knows what's going on. The unions are telling
2: on. her she can't talk to right, various right, people. All right, okay. You and know, and like I said earlier on, I, I feel as though the NRL should just take the Queensland government out of the equation four or five weeks, put everyone in, in New South Wales, readdress it. My last one, quick one, is uh, Queensland jockeys Luke Tarrant and L- Larry Cassidy, performances of the week at the weighing scales at Doombin. I love it. A little bit of UFC, boxing, coming into to, yeah, on, <laughs> coming Come to racing. Come Luke Tarrant, he's been suspended for six months. That's a lot of money, a lot of time for headbutting. One of the royalty, he's royalty, the Cassidy's, <laughs> Larry Cassidy of, uh, of horse
4: racing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mine, mate, is pretty boring. Uh, ScoMo, I'm going to give him a, a performance of the week this week. Uh, last night, backing the return of the NRL and working with the New Zealand government to get the Warriors into Australia so they can participate in the NRL. I think that's good. Yeah. Good to see the uh, the big cheese doing. Hey, listen, okay. uh, during the week, we caught up with uh, New South Wales Australian Parramatta legend Sturlo mm. on our other show. And it uh, started with our co-worker, Badge, um, or Detective Badge, asking him a question.
2: Where were you when Cumberland Oval Greenstand was burned down, still, though? <laughs> I,
4: was, I was up in the Sportsman bar at the, the Leafs Club, obviously, on the night of the grand final win. And was that 83? Yeah, that, started off, that was 83, that's right, yeah. And it, yeah. it started off in remarkable circumstances because when we came back to the to um, to the to the stadium, or to the, the Leafs Club, sorry, uh, you couldn't get into the club. There were five or 6,000 people in the streets and they actually had to pass the players over their heads. It was like being in a wash pit, as <laughs> someone tells me, at a, at a at a concert. So it was, you know, it was pandemonium-type thing. And I remember I was up in the, the sportsman's lounge at the Leeds Club and the back of that faced over to Cumberland Oval. And in the distance, you could just see this, this glow, this orange glow, which looked very much out of place. And then, I guess excuse the pun but uh, the word got around like wildfire that uh, something was happening over at the Oval so we all wandered across and to this day I'm still kicking myself that I didn't get a fence paling or something and get the boys to sign <laughs> it just for coops sake uh, I know plenty of the Parramatta fans did so yeah it was look you know <laughs> we don't like vandalism but um, it was that was just a a display of the of the exuberance of the, of the Parramatta fans who'd um, you know, who'd been waiting for for that to happen and, and to have all of that success. And, and obviously it was the precursor to the, the stadium being built a few years later on. So mm. I don't think anybody missed it. Um, it was... <laughs> you walked into, into Cumberland Oval and it was like concrete. Uh, there was no hot water. There was barbed wire around the ground. We, it, it was a dump, but it was out. It was here. long overdue, um, wasn't it? <laughs> it, it? It was indeed. And, um, you know, we've got a wonderful stadium. And now to have Bankwest, it's... It's wonderful for me now to walk into Bankwest Stadium and 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 know where that came from. Like I still remember what it was like at Cumberland, and then to come through and watch the evolution of the of the stadium through to what we have now. Um, it's been quite a journey.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Now after those three straight premierships, Stirl of course eighty six, uh, the battle, um, and then after that game, the retirement of Price and Crony. You talk about how important they were to your to your side. Did you ever feel as though that the, the dynasty was coming to an end or did you feel as though you were going to be able to continue that after those two important players
4: retired? Well, we knew it was going to be different. And I think the mistake that Parramatta made uh, as a club after that, we, we didn't recruit well enough. I think we put a lot of faith in in our young players coming through because obviously Parramatta had a great junior nursery. But uh, to lose the the guidance of those kind of players, we, we needed to, to bring in... Some more experience, not just rely on what we had in our backyard. Um, I guess you know. I look back at a guy like Bob Linder, uh, Bobby Linder, as is, Dad. Is well, you both know. Um, you know what a what a player. It was unfortunate he never quite settled in to Sydney. I didn't think, and mm. um, he would have been a player that that you know we we should have bought a few more like him. We were down twenty-two nil against Canberra. Uh, one, I was there. I, I knew you'd mention this. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it's I remember it, badge, because it's the only time I've ever been in a team that got booed off at half time. And we mm-hmm. went out in the second half, and Bobby Lind the played you on his own. I like I stood behind him, and what he was running through brick walls. And to this day, it's still the great, the, the biggest comeback um, the Parramatta Club has has had in regards to a game. And he led. He he, it was remarkable. And if we, you know, if if he'd have settled in and and. Maybe we'd put some better uh, personnel around him. He could have had an unbelievable influence at the club as well, but it wasn't meant to be. And, and I don't think we, we did recruit particularly well after losing both Mick Cronin and Ray Price the same year. Mm-hmm. Now, you, you did also,
2: on top of your great career, you travelled overseas and spent some time with Hull. Now, we think grand final day in Sydney is a big occasion, Sterling. You got to play Wigan and uh, Challenge Cup final at Wembley. Is it next level?
4: Uh, Well, I grew up, um, Sats, you know, like I remember as a six, seven, eight-year-old in Wagga Wagga, uh, my father would come and wake me up at 2am, 3am in the morning to come and watch the games that were coming back over from England, and obviously you remember, you know, the Wembley Test matches and that, and uh, to this day I can still see the Twin Towers there and the way that the the ground was cut, you know, the, the way the mowers came out, and you know, the young person, I never, ever, ever thought that I would get an opportunity to go to Wembley, let alone walk out there and, and play a game. And it was uh, 100,000 people, just under 100,000 people there that afternoon. Uh, it's very f- fondly remembered as a as a wonderful game. To be honest, I'd rather it was a shit game and we won. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everybody looks back saying what a great contest it was. And, and again, you know, if Brett doesn't play, I, I honestly think we win by 15 points. He was the difference that afternoon. Uh, you know, John fergus went over. He scored a great try as well. And Graham West was their captain, who was the the um, Kiwi captain as well at the time. So they, they had a they had a pretty strong outfit. But I don't have many regrets in my in my life or my career type thing. And that's one of them that we weren't able to deliver to the whole fans what they'd been waiting for for, for so long as well. Um, I I love the club. I only played 38 games there. Uh, but one of my proudest achievements, I think, is that I'm in their Hall of Fame after just that amount of games. And I actually went back there this year in February, um, and it was very emotional actually going back because, like uh, I say, we're talking 40 years ago. But the reception over there, I'm actually better received in Hol and Lamb in Parramatta, and I'm very well received <laughs> in Parramatta. So it's it's for me, it's it's a wonderful place to go and to catch up. I had a night out with Lee Crooks and Gary Schofield. Um, one of the most skillful forwards I've ever played with, and I put him probably only behind Arthur Beeson, was Steve Knocker-Norton. Uh, Dave Topless was there at the time. and would had a wonderful stint at, at Belmain previous to that. Um, and, you know, the, the Kiwis were there as well, in Freddie Arcoy and Gary Kimball, Dane O'Hara, James Lulawai. So to go back and catch up with so many people, um, I, I love the north of England. I love the people there. And my time at Hull, whilst it was only short, it was only a season and a half, I enjoyed my season and a half at Hull uh, maybe more than I did any other time during my 15 years of playing at a high level. Uh, and that's no disrespect to Parramatta or its fans or whatever. But Sydney, uh, but um, the North of England was just a great experience for me and I, I only have the best of memories.
2: Yeah, that's amazing, Sterlo, because you used to play in the, in the winter there too. So, um, yeah, quite incredible stuff. But you, and uh, we love your commentary as well, mate, which is what you've been doing for just about... The, uh, the whole time since you retired. Um, just quickly, do you, do you regret not ever taking up a coaching role? Because, gee, your name's been <laughs> bandied out plenty of times and everyone seems to think you'd do a great job.
4: Yeah, look, I might not have made too many smart decisions in my life, but that's the best I've ever, I've ever made. Uh, no. <laughs> no, look, maybe there's a niggly little part right in the back of the brain, you know, would have liked to have known how I'd have said, but I've been the most fortunate person in the world, Badge, firstly as a player. I had Brett Kenny on one side and Ray Price on the other. Now, if you couldn't play well between those two <laughs> blokes, you couldn't play. And then I was afforded the opportunity to stay close to the game uh, through the media. You know, I still get to go down to the dressing room. I feel welcome at pretty much every shed. I get to smell the liniment. Um, so I'm very close to the game without, you know, being a coach. And, you know, I think we all know when it comes to coaching, you know, there are two types uh, of, of coach. That's one who's just been sacked and one who's waiting to be sacked. And True. I think it's yeah. the only thing that kind of sparked my interest when it came to coaching, because I am a bit of a Rip Van Winkle, you know, someone once said, coaches sleep like babies. And I thought that sounded quite good until they said pointed out that they wake up every two hours crying. So yeah. it's, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a good decision. And to be honest, Badge, I, I think that I would have found it all consuming. I think I'd been the kind of coach who would have a pad and a pen next to my bed and wake up at 2 a.m. writing stuff down. I, I would find it hard to turn off. Turn away yeah. from you know that it'd be twenty four seven eleven and a half months of the year, and I, I think that would could, could burn you out very quickly. Not but healthy, no, nah, mate. I, I've I've been the luckiest person in the world, and you know to sit alongside Rabs and Fatty, and and that the for, for, you know well, twenty seven years, twenty eight years now, and I'll get thirty up. That's um, you yeah, know it's a kind of industry where you could last three weeks, and it can all be over. Yeah. Fair enough, good on
2: you Peter Sterling and um, uh, fair enough to say you're probably not going to be the new CEO of the NRL then on that note (laughs) Well
4: again, too smart for that Um, and again I shall leave you uh, with what I keep telling you all the time Um, I'm the product of a naughty weekend mum and dad down at Tweed Heads and that's where I was conceived (laughs) before I went back and was born into (laughs) a That's
1: a lie
0: you're listening to Off the Bench for the best cat equipment parts and service, Hastings Steering. Your advantage. We're back. This is Off the Bench for the best cat equipment parts and service, Hastings Steering. Your advantage.
1: Welcome back to Off the Bench. You've got Scott Sattler and Jason Matthews. Before we go, we better do this.
0: Before we go, on Off The Bench, what's got us excited across the weekend of sports?
1: Um, I know it's got you excited. It's got me excited as well. One of the biggest um, events in sports around the globe. Yes, yeah, so and no one gets hurt physically
2: with this uh, with this event. They usually get hurt or there's a lot of celebration. It's the NFL Draft this weekend for the next four days. First round is on, uh, was on Friday. And uh, the draft is entirely virtual. Essentially, it's the world's richest and most awkward Zoom meeting because uh, there's no crowd. Huge crowds also, isn't it, Jace? the, the yeah. NFL draft. And usually in the first, first round, the, the process is uh, Roger Goodall, who's the um, the commissioner for the NFL, he comes out and says, yep. you know, the first round draft pick uh, and so-and-so club is on the clock and they've got 10 minutes to choose a player. And at the end of that, they come out and they say, for, for argument's sake, let's say the Green Bay Packers yeah. have chosen quarterback from the Arkansas University and, they'll, and that person will come up on stage, they'll receive a cap of the club, they'll yeah. put that on, they'll do a photo opportunity with the commissioner and a jersey. That can't happen. No. So there's going to be just uh, – it's all about showing um, live footage of the player from their college days and then – And then an actual virtual image of that player that's been made up, like a PlayStation sort of image, which is very lifelike, that person is seen accepting the the cap and the jersey and everything. So
1: the NFL would already have to know the draft picks then?
2: Well, no, it's because because they can activate stuff like that on the push of a button. Okay, because... They'll have images already made up of all the college players that are going into the draft.
1: Because you know, behind the scenes, in that 10 minutes, they're on on the phone to other clubs. Have you seen the movie Draft Day?
2: Great. Kevin Costner.
1: And they're on the phone. So you've got 10 minutes. He could be on the phone to the Philadelphia Eagles going, I want this, this, this. Do you want it? We've got one minute left. Brilliant. If you haven't seen it, make sure you watch it. Um, Listen, uh, DIY with Beaumont Tiles, uh, tile.com.au, by the way. What are you Uh, looking forward to? Mate, I'm looking forward to Anzac Day tomorrow. Um, or, or just to, Anzac Day it's Is it general? fair to say
2: a lot of people have, oh, I don't want to say forgotten, but it's sort of just flown under the radar, this no. Anzac Day this no, year? No, I think
1: this Anzac Day is the biggest this year. In fact, we're celebrating it all day in our house. We're going to have candles going all day, the family together. Um, so it's going to be an amazing one. But you know what I'm also looking forward to mm-hmm. this weekend? Well, I'm not looking forward to. Can I say that in this segment?
2: No, well, I don't know what you're going to say, but you can't say you're not looking forward to it because... I'm not looking forward to more Rennos. Oh, really? i like got a perfectly good house. Because you that know what happens. You know what happens when you've got to do renos and then you know the show's like House Rules comes That's on. I'm blaming. And then you're That's expected blaming, to yep, all well, of laundry. a sudden turn into a tradie.
1: Yeah, laundry's going this week. Not so.
2: expected to turn into – I actually hopeless. think I'm a tradie.
1: Choose Beaumont's. We're here to help you get your reno done. Our stores are open. This has been Off the Bench uh, for the best cat equipment parts and service hastings during your advantage. Have a great weekend, everybody. See Yeah.